we compare to make decisions, right? So we can watch people and say, okay, hey, look, they're making these decisions and look at where it's brought them. And that's inspired me to be like, okay, wow, that they, they were diligent. They were strict on their diet. They, they took six months and they put in the work. I think you just have to be careful because it can really quickly become a game of where it's not just comparison for, for a healthy benefit, but it's a comparison where it becomes an envy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron, and today I have Abel Burke on the show. Abel Burke is a 30-year-old pastor and is actually the pastor of the church I attend and who married my husband and I. And he is here today because he's actually struggled with digestive issues for many years, has had surgeries to what was supposed to help but didn't, and is here again to bring some light and encouragement for anyone struggling with any health issue and help us to stop comparing. Comparing can truly ruin our joy, and this episode will surely help us all bring things back into perspective to be free from the comparison game. But before we get into this episode, shout out to podcast listener P. Voel. They wrote, I just had my colon removed due to IBD and stomach surgery from my gastroparesis. I felt like I was drowning with the medicines doctors were suggesting. My own research and just trying to navigate feeding myself and actually giving my body good nutrition. I felt ready to give up, not to mention pull my hair out. This podcast, blog, and Instagram have given me a clear guideline on how to rebuild my gut and how to give my body the nutrients it needs. So incredibly thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love reading every single person's review and it always just brings me joy to know that you all are enjoying this podcast. And if you are, please do share it with all your friends and family. And if you haven't written a review, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for all your support. And now let's get to the episode. Teeth sensitivity is the least of your concerns when whitening your teeth. The ingredients in teeth whitening bleach can actually damage the cells of our gums. It can also damage the nerves, blood vessels, and connective tissues of the tooth. Overuse of these chemicals can lead to tooth sensitivity and gum irritation. If whitening products are used incorrectly, the peroxide in the whitening gel can wear away tooth enamel and irritate the dental nerves. Another risk to teeth whitening is a chemical burn resulting in more severe pain and inflammation if the whitening product reaches the gums repeatedly. And there have been reports that whitening strips may even strip tooth enamel. And tooth enamel cannot be, and I quote, grown back or recovered. Tooth enamel is the hardest tissue in the body. Problem is, it's not living tissue, so it can't naturally be regenerated. Once it's gone, it's gone. That's why it's so important to care for your teeth. There's no recovery. Bite toothpaste bits have been in my household since summer of last year, and they also just came out with a teeth whitening kit, which I'm so excited about because I already love their toothpaste. 
Bites Teeth Whitening Kit is made without harmful chemicals and is safe for sensitive teeth. It's also cruelty-free, vegan, and lightly flavored with natural peppermint oil. Plus, it comes in a glass jar with a compostable applicator, so there's no alcohol, no propylene glycol, and no parabens or synthetic dyes or flavors. If you want to try this teeth whitening kit or any of Bite's natural toothpaste bits, Bite is offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Just go to trybite.com slash digest or use code digest at checkout to claim this deal. Abel, thank you so much for joining me today. This is actually really special because you are, not only are you my pastor, but you actually married Rory and I at our wedding. Yeah, well, hey, thank you for having me. No, it's my my pleasure to be here. And uh, it's just uh, been excited, been excited to be here. So for those that I'm sure like don't know exactly, but first of all, you're a, you're a fairly young pastor. You're actually younger than I am. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm 30, so going to be 31 in June. Um, but no, I, I got an early start. At about 18, I started an internship and then I've been kind of doing it ever since. So yeah, yeah, but fairly young. Yeah, well, I mean, you're great at what you do. And uh, obviously, I brought you on the show because not only have you do you have a lot to share in that aspect, but also you've struggled with stomach issues for a long time yourself personally. So can you share a little bit about your history and past and the struggles that you've experienced? Sure, yeah. I mean, so so growing up, I always had kind of a sensitive stomach. But it really wasn't until I was about 22 that uh, I just I just got horrible acid reflux. Like every day, all day, you know, food coming up in my throat, my mouth, my chest burning, uh, and that went on for for several years. I tried different diets and different things, and nothing really helped. Um, it was always kind of frustrating because you tell people about it and everybody's like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Have you heard of Tums before? And it's like, yes, I've, I've heard of Tums. <laughs> but I tried every diet. Eventually, after about five years of just nonstop struggle, I opted to get a surgery for a hiatal hernia. Because, you know, and I didn't want to do that, but I think it was so frustrating to me because I was really healthy. Like I, I was exercising every day. I wasn't overweight. I was eating the right things and just nothing worked. So I got that surgery. And how old were you when you got it? Gosh, I was probably 26. Yeah, I think 26 when I got the surgery. So I got that and sadly it didn't fix anything. Uh, literally just oh. zero results um, on any scale. Yeah. So then kept having the symptoms, eventually went to USC uh, to meet with the doctor there two years later. And I got, um, it's called a Lynx device. Have you ever heard of that before? No. It's a little ring that has little magnetic beads around it. And so they insert it around your esophagus because basically they did a bunch of tests and they said, okay, your esophagus doesn't close. You know, most people, it opens up and relaxes when you eat and then tightens up again after uh, but mine was just always relaxed. So they put that in there. And for about, I want to say six months, it was amazing. I, I just, I had zero symptoms, uh, no acid reflux. And I was like, great, I'm cured. It's all over. That was the issue. But then I developed 
horrible, horrible bloating and gas and all the stuff that comes with that in the restroom without going into too much detail. And it was just, uh, it was horrible. So I went back to USC and they said I was diagnosed with SIBO. So since then, it's now been a couple years, two or three years with that. And yeah, I, I struggle every day. I mean, not so much reflux anymore because I have that device. But with the bloating, with the restroom, with the, you know, food anxiety now, right? Of am I going to eat that? I'm going to be super sick and just horrible pain in my stomach all the time. Going back to what the device that they put in, what was that again? What was that called? Yeah, it's called a Lynx device. Okay. Yeah, I think it's L-I-N-X. Yeah. Oh, L-I-N-X. Okay. And you basically have, is it metal? They're magnets. So I, I think he said titanium. Don't quote me on that. Wow. So you have magnets inside. Do you ever, um, this is like off kind of off topic, but do you ever like when you go through an airport? Do, yeah, do if I go by like a magnetic wall, my body starts being pulled. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's so small. It doesn't come up, thankfully. Like, like okay. I said, it, it would fit around your finger. Your esophagus actually isn't that big. So it's just enough to go around that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's great that you're not having the acid reflux anymore, but obviously other problems have, you know, come about and you've been struggling with that for a few years now. Has anything helped in in the process? I mean, I think I've had the most relief the last six months. And, and a lot of that's because of you, Bethany. I think I've been mm-hmm. looking at, you know, some of the stuff you're making, making diet changes. Um, I visited, uh, you know, one of your doctors that you recommended, got on some enzymes. Uh, and that's helped, I'd say, by 30 to 40% if I'm being, mm-hmm. you know, diligently dieting and exercise and all of that. But but I think the hard thing for me is uh, just being diligent, right? You know, I have a mm-hmm. lot of friends and family and my job, I meet with people a lot and it's hard, you know, occasionally I cheat or go out to eat. Um, I yeah. know dairy, dairy and gluten definitely affect me. Um, just, yeah, uh, if I stay off of those, I'm, I'm you know, like I said, 30 to 40% better but I'm not totally healed from it. So it's an ongoing process for sure. And of course with with your job too, like you said, you meet with so many people and go to coffee and do this and do that. And it's very hard. I'm sure to, you feel like you need to be polite and, you know, take what people give you. And, and so that I'm sure is a struggle. Now, do you ever get resentful or angry at God because of your stomach issue and, you know, like jealous or you, you get bitter from like, why, why do I have this? How come, how come I'm going through this? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely been a journey for me. I mean, in the beginning, it was hard because you watch everybody around you, some people that even look less healthy than you are, who don't exercise, who don't eat healthy, or, you know, just getting Big Macs every day. Uh, and they're like, I've never had a stomachache. I have no anxiety, you know, and they just feel fine, right? And then here I am eating, you know, cabbage and, you know, dry chicken or something, and I feel horrible. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, that that was hard. That was hard even in, even in my marriage, right? My, my wife has a stomach of iron. She can eat anything, and she's totally fine and healthy, you know, and God bless her for that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely had its challenges. I, I think in my faith, I definitely definitely went through a season where I was like, okay, God, why, you know, like, what's the purpose of this? You know, can you give me some relief or help me figure this out? But as I've grown, I think I've learned to, uh, to kind of not, not just accept, but, but be at a place of like, Lord, I trust you in this. 
You know, because one of the things about Jesus, uh, when he talks to his disciples, he never promises them, hey, if you, if you believe me and follow me, everything's going to go wonderful. You're going to be perfectly healthy. You're going to be rich. You're going to have the perfect romance or what? Like he doesn't promise any of that. I mean, if anything, he says in this life, you'll have troubles, but but take heart. I've overcome the world. Yeah. So I, I think what it's caused me to do is is rest in and trust in him and say, OK, Lord, you know, I, I don't know why, but I trust you. I know that you're good. Um, and that I know my hope isn't necessarily on this earth. I mean, you, you've said that we're, we have bodies that are broken, right? There's the curse of sin in this world. At least that's what I believe. Um, and so I trust that, okay, you know, this life will have struggles. But one day, one day you promise there is no more. To, you're going to wipe away every tear. You're going to take away the pain. We're going to be given new bodies. Yeah. Um, and so that that gives me hope. That gives me hope in it. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, it's so true, whether it's a health issue or or you're struggling financially or whatever the case may be, you know, I think we all have our, our struggles. And if we didn't have that quote struggle, I think that that one thing, sometimes it, it keeps us humble, you know, because if, if our life was so perfect and it was just going great, at least for me, I, I, I would feel like, well, gee, like, well, why do I need God? Or it wouldn't humble me or it wouldn't even help me sympathize with others that struggle. You know, it may not even be the same thing. Like, let's say, you know, you struggle with with a digestive issue and then the next person is struggling with, you know, a non-health issue, but it's still a struggle. So you can, in a way, still sympathize with others that, hey, look, I may not understand what you're going through, but uh, I know, you know, I know that there's struggles and let me just, you know, hold your hand and walk through this. And so not to say that we can always overcome our struggles, but at least, you know, for a lot of people like, hey, if everything was perfect, then why would we need, you know, a God? Why would we? No, well said. Well said. I mean, I, I totally relate. Like when I, when I was 20, I, I was super into fitness, super into health. And I just felt like I was on top of the world. You know, you know, I believed in God. I, my faith was there, but it was so much less real because I was like, oh, you know, I've got it together. And if you just live a healthy lifestyle, you'll be healthy. Right. And even looked at other people and said, oh, well, I wonder if it's a result of poor choices. Um, but I think, you know, in some ways God used this. And as I've grown through it to learn like, hey, you can be really healthy and get a disease. And it's not necessarily your fault, right? It could be genetics. It could be something you're exposed to. It just it just happens. So I think it definitely humbles you uh, and and the ability to relate to people. I mean, just yesterday, there there's a guy at our church who uh, had a colonoscopy and got some pretty tough results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been suffering for years. And, uh, you know, I just sat down with him and I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I hear you're going through this. And, and it was neat because he said, Abel, you know what it's like too. You, you struggle every day with your stomach. And I said, yeah, I do. I do. It's a little bit different than yours, but I get what it's like to have a daily ongoing pain and, and something you deal with. And so I definitely think the, the ability to have compassion and relate to people uh, is huge. Is huge. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you look healthy. You know, that's the thing. You don't look sick or anything like that. If someone were just to see you walking down the street, I mean, I wouldn't have known. You know, and so I'm sure that is even probably more sometimes of a struggle because people are like, "Yeah, right." You know, you don't you don't look unhealthy. You're fine. Right. 
No, and that goes, I said it before, but I think people, when you say it, because you look healthy, they're thinking, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. I had a stomach ache back in 2010, you know, I tried Gaviscon, you know, and everyone always, know, oh, try apple cider vinegar, or just this little thing, and it cured me right. And you try to explain, no, actually, uh, I've tried everything. I mean, it's a little bit yeah. more of a struggle than you think. So, yeah, I know, I know exactly. And I'm sure all my listeners can, can relate too, because they have digestive issues and they're like, yeah, you know, I was told by a doctor just, to, you know, c- cut out gluten and, and I'll be fine or, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, no, take no, Prilosec no. and you'll be good. Totally. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's hard not to compare and, you know, wish you, you did have the life of so-and-so or the, or your neighbor, because man, you just want to feel better or do this or do that. And I feel like in a society where everyone thinks that they should be better or be better than the next person, or it's hard just not to, to compare. And so how do we get out of that rhythm of wishing we were this person or that person and really um, embracing who we are? Mm-hmm. No, that's another another really good question and one that one that I've struggled with. I mean, not even just with health stuff, right? But I think with the rise of social media the last ten or fifteen years, I mean, it's so readily accessible to look into people's lives and see, or at least it looks like, wow, everything's great for them. They're super healthy. They're super in love. Their kids are perfect. Oh, look at their beautiful house, their new car, the new Tesla with the little doors that open like an X-Wing fighter. You know what I mean? You you can compare constantly. Um, but I think at the end, uh, it's toxic, right? Because if you're going to play that game of always comparing yourself to others, uh, you're never going to be satisfied uh, because it, there always seems to be, at least they seem, uh, someone that seems happier, right? Or, or has more than you or is better looking than you are, or more witty or funnier than you are. I mean, I, I get that as a pastor. You know, I can do my best to, to preach sermons and be the best I can at my job. There's someone else you can type in a couple pastors or a hundred pastors on YouTube and they're better preachers than I am and they're better pastors than I am. Uh, and so I, I think it's a trap and you have to be intentional uh, to pause. And, and I know for me, right, being a Christian, I have to rest a lot. And God, you haven't called me uh, to compare myself to others. You've called me to trust you, that, that you've fearfully and wonderfully made me, that you've designed me, uh, that you love me, and that that you've given me uh, what you've given me. And I need to trust in that, Um and my life is not just about me and my happiness, but my life is about your glory and to serve you. You know, one yeah. of the things that Jesus taught was uh, he didn't teach, hey, you you just have to love yourself, get as much as you can out of life, uh, be as happy as you can. He, he taught, hey, lay your life down, right? Love others, do good to those, uh, do good to even your enemies. Uh, yeah. And I think when you buy that mindset, uh, it's really transformative uh, in your life and your joy. Yeah. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head too, just with so many things with, you know, his, his glory is, is, is really brought out through our struggles, you know, like through our weakness, because if no one struggled, then again, you know, how would we really see his glory? Of course we, we see it in, in nature and, and things like that, but we really see things turn around when there is something to turn around. Absolutely. 
And then, you know, it's very true. Like you said, going back to social media, like it's so easy just to compare with everything with, you know, the mom with, with five kids and her home is, is spotless and there's snacks on the table always. And it's, you know, all the kids are, you know, perfect. And you're like, what the, but the thing too is it's a trap because, you know, maybe that mom doesn't show that she has a cleaning lady and that she has a maid and they're making snack, you know, and all the little arguments that they don't show on screen. And so, you know, it's, it's always good to remind yourself like, Hey, this person is probably struggling too. They just don't show it even though their home is perfect and X, Y, and Z. Right. The the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And it's, you have to pause. I mean, Sarah and I, uh, a few weeks ago, we announced that that we're pregnant, or at least she's pregnant. Congratulations too, by the way. Thank you. So we took these photos kind of up here in town around some grass and stuff, and they came out pretty decent. You know, people were excited. They're like, oh, you guys look so happy. And I think overall, God has blessed our marriage and all that. But it's funny because that day, I was kind of throwing a fit because I was so busy with work. I didn't have time for the photos. So I kind of had a bad attitude and we got in a little bit of a, you know, I want to say discussion, <laughs> Right right before. But it's just so funny because in the photos, we look so happy. But at that moment, uh, we actually were kind of irritated with each other. And so it's Mm -hmm. just an example of what social media can be like. All right. You may not know this about me, but every morning before I drink my daily coffee, I actually drink electrolytes first. There's two reasons I do this. One, Your body is naturally dehydrated from the previous night's sleep and is craving hydration. And two, coffee actually dehydrates you, even though it is technically a liquid. So rule of thumb, hydrate before you caffeinate. I personally use Element Electrolytes in my morning routine. It's literally the first thing I drink every single morning. I stick to their raw, unflavored version, which contains no sugar, no flavorings, no coloring, and no fillers. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. And their unflavored version has only those three ingredients. Element is by far the cleanest electrolyte drink I've found on the market, and I've been looking for a while. Other electrolyte drink mixes have added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Electrolytes are essential for our body to function. So you want to not only make sure you are getting them in your body, but you are getting the best kind. There's also research to back that when you keep hydrated, there are lower risks of anxiety and depression in individuals. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just waking up in the morning, Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. 
So go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this amazing offer. I'll also leave that link in today's show notes so you can easily scroll down and order with just one easy tap. Your wife, Sarah, she's she's amazing. And how important is it to have that that support from her and your friends and family with, you know, like your digestive issues and things like that. I feel like a community is so key in that aspect though. It's huge and it's crucial. Um, I'm thankful for how in the past, I mean, she's even dieted with me before. She tries to cook a certain way. Um, I think it's hard though sometimes. I mean, she she loves food like most of us. She loves going out to eat and all of that. And I think it's it's a struggle for her because, you know, she'll be like, oh, hey, let, let's go out to eat. And I instantly get this like anxiety literally of, okay, what if I what if I don't know what what's on the menu? What if there's something in there that I know? And then I got to run to the restroom, then I'm gonna be sick for three days. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that that goes through my head a lot. So I think she's definitely grown and supporting me, but but it is huge. I mean. It's, uh, I mean, if you're listening and you struggle with digestion, you get it. You get it. The anxiety that comes. I mean, she mentioned the other day, she's like, oh, I want to go on a cruise. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't even imagine going on a cruise. Like mm. with the food there. I mean, that's kind of the whole point is you you eat a ton of food, you go around and sleep. And for me, sometimes it's hard to lay flat because then my chest burns, you know, you know so mm. it's just so many things. Uh, but yeah, it, it's crucial and so helpful when she's come alongside me and said, Hey, you know what? Okay. I'm going to cook a certain way or let's diet together or things like that. It means the world. Yeah, for sure. And, and also just being open with your friends and family, like if they know you and they know, Hey, look, I have to eat different than you. And maybe you bring your own food or you bring your own this or that. And they get it. They understand they'll have that support as opposed to you being quiet and not really sharing what's going on. At least to me, it's very op- it's very important and beneficial to really just be open about it and be like, hey, yeah, I can't eat that, but I'm I'm more than happy to go out to dinner. You know, can I bring my my own food or can we go th- to this place because I can eat here or whatever. Yeah, get getting past that is hard because I know for me I kind of have this pride thing about I don't want to be that high maintenance person in the restaurant of oh is it cooked in this oil or is it, <laughs> you know and I uh but I think I've grown in that of like hey, you know, looks delicious. Thank you for making it, but I, I I'm probably just going to stick with the the ice cubes or something. Are you the ice cubes? <laughs> Well, and then, um, I mean, you have such a great attitude and uh, how can we become more joyful just in general? You know, um, what are some helpful tips that you can share? Right. I I think if, if you're not a Christian, I think just practicing gratitude and thankfulness, which you've probably heard that before, but, but I genuinely believe that that works. Um, on a daily basis to getting up and just, you know, counting what you're thankful. I mean, that even works in your relationships with people of counting, oh, these are all the things I'm thankful for in this person. And that, that can change your perspective. Um, if you are a person of faith and you believe in Christ and you're a Christian, I mean, I think it goes back or what the Bible says is it goes back to seeing what life is all about, right? That, that you were created for a purpose. Um, that God has designed you and made you uh, for his glory, uh, that your life is not just about you, but it's about him and others. I mean, what did he say the greatest commandments were? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. 
And I think when we can have that perspective in life of, hey, Lord, my, my life is about you and living for you and, and loving others, um, there's a lot of joy that comes in that. When, when you can get your focus and gaze off of yourself, your happiness, comparing to others and that, and when you can focus on whatever it is, you must increase, I must decrease, my life's about you. Uh, there, there's an immense amount of joy that, that I believe in and have experienced in my life when you can do that. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I mean, even as simple as, I mean, how much joy do we get when we give a gift as opposed to getting a gift? Totally, totally. Yeah, and that's why I love Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm. And, and at first that verse is hard to like, wait, do nothing from selfish ambition. I want to be selfish some of the, some of the time. <laughs> um, but when you can live in humility and serve others, there's joy. Right. I mean, I think some people, some of the greatest joy they've ever experienced is when their kids uh, win a baseball game or they see their kids flourish in something. It's it's not themselves, but it's someone else that they love. Uh, and I think God's made us that way, that we're made for a purpose other than ourselves. For sure. Um, now, what are maybe some key things and you already shared a few, but ways that people can stop comparing? Yeah, I think. You know, there's some of the basic ones, social media fast sometimes, right? Like I have it, I have a car business on the side. And so I have all pretty much every platform and I've used it as a tool and it's been a wonderful tool. And it's also good for friends. So I'm not someone that says, oh, let's ban social media and burn the servers and all that stuff. Um, but maybe limit that, right? And if there's people that you continually look at, you're like, oh, they're like, so, you know, maybe say, okay, hey, I'm going to take a break from viewing that person. Um, yeah. One of the things I've done is I have a group of buddies that I grew up with literally since junior high. And it feels like all three of them, uh, God has just blessed them, like, like just in a huge way, financially, in their homes, with their health. I mean, they're the kind of people like, yeah, never had a health issue in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And, oh, I just bought my seventh house and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. my investment over here. <laughs> it's just every time. And so one of the things that I've been doing is when Sarah and I go to see them for dinner or whatnot, um, I'll begin to pray on the way there and say, God, how can I bless them? How can I be a light to them? How, how can I love on them? And when I go in with that perspective, it, it's pretty wild how much it changes. Because if I'm thinking about when I hear them say, oh, yeah, when I bought, you know, the, the big mansion and the boat on the side, I'll just say, hey, yeah, good for you. Like, how awesome is that, that, you're, that God's blessed you and you could use that to bless other people? Um and I find that freeing when I focus instead of, oh man, I'm, I'm not, I don't have seven houses. I don't have that. Why, why do I have health issues? And instead, well, how can I love them? Uh, mm -hmm. It really, it doesn't work right away. You know, you're not going to do this in the first time. You're like, wow, man, I'm like Mother Teresa. <laughs> but I think that over time, as you pray for them, uh, as you, you just encourage them, uh, your heart will change in the process. Oh, that's, that's great tips, Abel. Thank you. And also, I feel, I mean, maybe this isn't the case for everyone. So, you know, don't, don't come at me with the comments, everyone. But I feel like people that continue to, to buy and get things and more and more and more, I feel that they're looking for a satisfaction. They're looking to be satisfied in something. And then once they get it, they're not satisfied. And because they're looking in the wrong area. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, I, you know this, but I, on the side, church doesn't pay a whole lot. So I have a classic car restoration business. 
And I've probably had three to 400 cars, you know, in my life. And a lot of them, I, I thought, oh man, I'd never be able to afford that or never would own this car. But because of the business, I can buy them as investments. And it's funny how many I've gotten that I thought, man, if I just get this car, that will, I will, I will have arrived. You know, that's mm. the one. And I've had them and, and then you get them and you enjoy it. And after a while, okay, well, what's next? What's next? Um, you know, one of the proverbs says the eyes of men are never satisfied. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. And, and again, as a believer, as a Christian, I believe it's because we're made for something more. We're made uh, for God and we're made to experience him. And that's the ultimate thing that will satisfy. And that's what Jesus said salvation was. He said, this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And also just to clarify, you said you've had how many cars? Probably three to 400. In the last- and you sell them. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, not so like you're I'm not, hoarding. You don't that. have, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, thanks for, I'm not that pastor with 400. No, it's a business where I, I tend to have about 10 at a time and they rotate. So I get them, okay. sell them, get them. So that's how I make the majority of my income. Okay, so so I know that, but I, I heard it and I'm like, if people don't know you actually resell, they, they think you just have like 400 no, cars. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've never had that many at one time and it's always a business. I, I can't afford at this stage in life to keep any of them. It's it's a continual rotation and investment. Got it, okay. Now, um, I, I have some, uh, another question though too. Now, are there any circumstances where comparing is actually a good thing and is beneficial? You know, I, I think it's something you have to be careful with, but but sometimes, sure, I mean, you, you compare to make decisions, right? So we can watch people and say, okay, hey, look, they've made these decisions in life uh, and look at where it's brought them, right? Or they're making these decisions and look at where it's brought them, right? I mean, I, I've compared myself to people that have gotten healthy with their stomach and I've said, okay, well, what, what did you do that brought you there? And that's inspired me to be like, okay, wow, they, they were diligent. They were strict on their diet. They, they took six months and they put in the work. Um, and that, that, that's been helpful. Um, I think you just have to be careful because it can really quickly become a game of where it's not just comparison for, for a, a healthy benefit, but it's a comparison where it becomes an envy, where it becomes a bitterness and whatnot. So I don't know if that made sense, but. Definitely. I think there are definitely some circumstances where you, sh- you can healthily compare yourself or a certain things and that can make you a better person or that can encourage you to, you know, be better than you were yesterday. And it could help you say, hey, look, I definitely don't want to be like this or that, you know? Totally, totally. That, that, that's that been helpful actually in my marriage is there's a couple of men that, that I, I love their example of marriage, you know, and, and comparing that, looking at how, you know, there's a sense of joy there. There's a sense of peace, commitment. And, and I've asked them, hey, what is it? And they've talked about, hey, this is how I've loved my wife. This is how I've committed, you know, phrases like the grass is always greener on the other side. No, it's greener where you water it, right? So you need to, you know, pursue your wife, pursue your spouse or whoever it is. Um, that, that's definitely been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now a few like just rapid questions here. Um, does money make you happy? I think it can definitely bring 
happiness in some ways, but I think a lot of it depends on your definition of happiness, right? I mean, it definitely can bring pleasure. It can bring security in some ways, but does it bring ultimate sense of joy and happiness? I certainly don't think so. I, I think the Bible and Jesus taught that, um, you know, it's, it's a tool. We should use it. But if it's your only motivation in life and you're kind of God per se or idol, um, no, I, I think you can be extremely wealthy and still have issues. You you can be extremely poor and still have issues with money. Um, so yeah, yeah. Okay, so it, money is definitely not the root of all evil, is it? No, people. That's a common misconception. Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil, right? And and when he's talking about it, he says, if that is your God, if that is the main thing that drives your life, if that's above all else, uh, then it's going to bring about evil. It's going to hurt you. It's going to harm those around you. You're going to neglect your family. You're going to argue with those that you love. You're going to cheat and lie and steal because money is above your own morality, your own ethics, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could even go into anything basically you know like if the love people love their phones like it's just like oh no no my phone like this that the other and they would go to the ends of the earth if their phone I don't know got destroyed or something like that you know right no I mean I think anything even good things uh if they become ultimate things they can just we can destroy them like like you see those parents that their kids are everything and i'm not i'm not saying you shouldn't love your kids you shouldn't prioritize your kids absolutely I, as a christian you're called to love your family care for your family but if that is the only thing you're living for if that is the only thing you find joy in uh you're going to wreck your kids right you're, you're going to spoil them or you can never tell them they're wrong because you don't want to hurt their feelings uh you can latch on onto them become a helicopter parent um, and it can devastate the child's life, right? And it can devastate you. If, if your child one day leaves the house, what do you do, right? We see a lot of marriages that fall apart as soon as the kids leave the home for college because the only thing keeping the spouses there were the kids. That's the only thing they're living for. And then they're gone. Okay, well, why are we still together? Yeah. And okay, so another rapid question. So what is the true meaning of life? Well, obviously that depends on, you know, if you're listening, what what you believe in. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe the word of God is truth. Um, and so I believe that all people were created to glorify God. Uh, we're created with a purpose, right? Right. To live for him, to know him, uh, to be a blessing to those around us, to share the love of Christ. Um, so that, that's what I certainly believe, what I teach at my church. Uh, but I understand, you know, a lot of people have different perspectives on, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really, really enjoyed just kind of literally just scratching the surface here of what, you know, what you've personally gone through and the advice that you can give to so many of us listening. Now, before we leave, I do want to ask, go ahead, where can people find you? Pimp yourself out. What What's your, you know, Instagram or what's your car business? What's the church? And uh, if people want to listen, because they can watch online as well. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, no, but my church is located in San Dimas, California. It's called the Redemption Bible Church. Uh, if you want to visit our website, it's it's rbcsandimas.org, O-R-G at the end. Uh, if you just YouTube uh, Redemption Bible Church San Dimas or Abel Burkett should come up and you can see the different sermon videos. Um, we're a small church. We're in San Dimas. We're, we're passionate about the gospel, the word of God. We're all a bunch of broken people that need help, that need Jesus. We're trying to be as open and, you know, not, not judgy of people who come in because we all need, we're all sinners and we all need 
help. We need Jesus. So yeah, would love if you're listening, uh, you're totally welcome to visit, reach out. Uh, my email is abelburke at gmail.com, A-B-E-L-B-U-R-K-E. I would love to answer any questions or thoughts or comments. Um, Instagram, that's just my car business. If you like classic cars, it's just <laughs> abel.burke uh, at Instagram. So, but, all but right. yeah. Awesome. Well, well, I'll be sure to put um, all that info in the show notes too, so people can easily access that. Uh, so thank you again, Abel. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of Digest This comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long hauler syndrome, and pain management. Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style, and she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.